You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. Aloha, my friends. How's it going on this up, Friday evening? On a Friday. I like Thank it. you for joining us yeah, on a my... Friday. That's my... Oh, sorry. Headset. Where's mine? Okay, the one here we closer. Go. Nice. I could hear hear myself in my own ears. Good. <laughs> so happy you can hear yourself. <laughs> Why are you so hyped <laughs> up today? What happened? Lots yet? of things happened today. The <laughs> website wasn't working and we were going she crazy. Is on fire today, guys. Watch out. Yeah, because I'm the one that's of all the websites. And when that doesn't go well, you know, it kind of goes nuts. You're in charge of links. Yeah, Cheers. And I go crazy. Sparkling water. Kirkland. Lemon so here flavored. we are on a Friday. Uh, the reason why we're doing it on a Friday is because tomorrow, actually, we're going to be at a libertarian festival, New Jersey. So well, that's it's a, a oh, convention. It's like a con- they're, oh, it's, a convention. it's the local, it's the New Jersey arm of the Libertarian Party, their convention, I believe. It's, I think that's what we're walking into. Oh, great. So we're just going to show Um up. Wait, don't you have the, the link? Show, show the link. Where's the link? I didn't have it here. I don't know where it is, you know. Cause oh, okay. With Dan O'Neill, if you go, if you search Dan O'Neill. Yeah, so that's cool. That's an opportunity to get the word out on Monero. He invited us. We'll, we'll have a stand there. I don't know how many people are going to be there. It's at like a firehouse, right? Yeah, it's at a firehouse, New Jersey. We're going to try to do, I can't find them. Can't really find them. Okay. Where's my phone? I don't know. I was busy (laughs) making sure the website worked. (laughs) Yell so much. Jesus. Well, you know, I got used to lower my volume. Yeah. Imagine me that has to listen to you every day when you have your, for example, yesterday you had your gate IO injury, which ended up being a solo. It was an AMA where I AMA'd myself. (laughs) Yeah. It was actually pretty entertaining. That was kind of a disaster. I didn't think so, actually. Yeah. In the beginning, it was a little messy. Well, it was a disaster because so I was supposed to go on and do an AM on Gate.io, Twitter follower. They're an exchange. They've been around for a long time, which we didn't really know much about them. But they reached out to us because somebody there is a big uh, big Monero fan. And uh, he reached out to us, asked me to come on and do a spaces with them to help you know promote Monero and Monerotopia, which was really awesome, really nice of them. Uh, and he set it all up in Gate.io. They did it. But then when he tried to come up on stage, yeah, you found him, no? Wasn't no, him? that is not him. Okay. Um, they, yeah, he wasn't able to be created as a host. Like, they weren't able to add him as a host. And Gate.io, that account wasn't, for whatever reason, they weren't used. I don't know who was running that account, but they weren't talking. No, they it. weren't talking. And then they were messaging. So, so you had all crazy. these people coming into the space, and I was supposed to get interviewed, and it was just me. And, like, I was added as a speaker, but I wasn't even a host, so I couldn't add other people. So I ended up just giving a, like, Monero 101 talk, which I really was not prepared for. Not that I would need to, but I just wasn't mentally prepared. I was, I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to just start talking now. So that really it was kind of shitty, right? 
Well, I mean, I don't think it was shitty. But then I, I went back and listened to it this morning because I just thought it was so bad. I, I usually, I never go back and listen to any of them. Number one, we don't really have time. And number two, it's just kind of, you know, for cringy when you, when you listen to it. At least Imagine me. I, I have to listen to it. I feel bad for you over guys. Over and over. I just you, can't. You, no, you should feel bad for me. But I listened to it and, uh, it, it was good. I got like a, re- it was a really good overview, I think, of Monero. Just talking about it in terms of most unstoppable crypto, which is probably what I'll talk about tomorrow. At the libertarian thing, if you can find it, you can. No, that's okay. So what? What? What else should we bring up? Uh the uh, conference stuff, the updated conference stuff. We have new. Speakers. Oh, we added a virtual. We added a virtual ticket. Yeah. Um, we have tons of speakers, guys. Tons of projects involved. We added a virtual. If anybody wants to help us, the way you can most help us is Please by help. spreading the event. Right. So we. It's like the parties together. Like the wedding is ready. All the, everything's been ordered. Um, it's going to be kick ass. The only thing that can make it better is if we have like a real strong people down there, uh, in terms of guests, right? So like the speakers are amazing. Projects are amazing. Um, VIPs, right? We sold out a VIP dinner, but I just want to get a few more like guests down there, right? A few more. Yeah, a few more would yeah. be nice. Although, I also fear that we might have too many because we're going to be integrated in with the marketplace and we're basically going to be open up, open to the city, right? So people that are like walk by, they're going to just walk through. The, the way the event's set up is that it's like kind of pseudo public. So people can walk through and they can go through the marketplace. So we'll be organically pulling people in. So it, it definitely will feel, you know, it will feel crowded, but I want to get some more Monero lovers down there. So help us spread the word. And if they can't attend, they could attend virtually. We added a virtual ticket. We're selling the virtual ticket for the same price as a general admission ticket. But we prefer if you mostly because I prefer down there. They, yeah, mostly because we prefer you come. Although the virtual, virtual thing should be pretty successful too. Um, Crypto Vigilante isn't running it this year. They ran it last year. They will be down there though in full force. We have Jeff Berwick. We added him as a speaker. You know, everybody knows Jeff Berwick. We have Raphael. Uh, we added him as a speaker as well, but Raphael won't be doing live stream because he's going to focus on his talk and all that stuff. So we're, we're handling that ourselves. Well, we have people helping us out with that. Um, so that, that should be pretty cool. And we have these two, two stages. So people at home will be able to like, you know, watch all the talks. They'll be able to participate in Q and A, and do it all live during the conference. And we will, after the conference, we will, add, you know, p- post like all the content yeah. for free. Obviously, it's Monero Talk after all, right? The goal is to get the information. But we're also, you know, we're also capitalists, and we're trying to keep this thing funded. It's a lot of expenses that go into this guy. It's like a lot, like they creep up fast, especially the reimbursements to all the speakers. And we got a ton of speakers. So, uh, it, it adds up fast. Yeah. We got a, so we're trying to finance speakers, it yeah. with the virtual ticket like we did last year. So it's just like, you know, we sell a bunch of them. It'll be another few thousand dollars that can help us, uh, budget this conference, right? Yep. It's growing, um, my friends. It's growing. Yeah, we got Amir, we got Rachel Rose. Now, is are they coming? I think they're coming down in person, right? Yes. I- That's amazing. Yeah, looking forward to it. Look at it. It's beautiful. I haven't looked at the site in a while. You have Jessica. I don't know if yeah, you Yeah, you're need- welcome. I've organized <laughs> it like crazy. <laughs> Jessica will be giving the opening talk. She's a local from Mexico City. Jessica Ortega. She's the Monero queen on Twitter. And in real life, second, um, she'll be giving a, you know, uh, an intro talk, welcoming everybody to, to the, to the city. So that's super cool. 
Uh, who else we got? <clears throat> Doctor. Right. Who's are the, he, oh, he's the one that just recently published a paper, right? On wait, can you click on it? I forget what his. Uh, I can't read from here, by the way. Read it. Oh, uh, critical infrastructures such as cellular networks, power grids, and public transport systems are becoming increasingly. No, his his paper. Oh, his most recent public. Yeah. State machine replication under King. Nah. Oh no, the blind. No, he no, he did a study on on Monero. But anyway, he's he's awesome. He'll be he'll be there. Uh, we got a bunch more. Anything else we need to bring up? Um, no, I don't think uh, that's really. But yeah, that's why we had to do the show tonight, Friday, because tomorrow, Saturday, we'll be at this libertarian thing. So yeah, if anybody's in the area, come on out. We'll it's, if you you'll see it on my Twitter. I retweeted it. Um, right? Do we know the name of it? Do you know yeah, the LP Libertarian Convention? Convention in Jersey. Jersey. <laughs> Dan O'Neill is the guy's name. <laughs> you'll find it. You'll find you can't it. pull it up. There it is. No, but it's not. It's the flyer. Oh, so I don't can you have pull that up? Trying to. Oh. It's on because it's on different. Okay. No, but it's gonna show everything. I'll try to pull it up in a little bit. Okay. Okay. Right now, I guess let's just move on to the price. Yeah. Deep breaths. It's been a nonstop day. <laughs> Deep breaths. Okay, uh, Leo, let's move on to price report. Yeah. The Monerotopia price report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer to peer. Hello, hello, buddy. How do you do? Hey, guys, doing great. Hey, buddy. Thank you for joining. Hello. Friday. Yeah, sorry, we had to switch it up. No, it's fine. Sounds like you guys are going to have a good time at the Libertarian Conference. Hopefully, yeah, you spread the word of Monero. Should be very cool. He's going to give me time to give a little talk, and then I think we're going to do some kind of roundtable. Should be good. Do the Libertarian, like the official Libertarian Party people, are they interested in Monero, or are they like just generically yay cryptocurrency? Yeah, no, they're interested in Monero. So there's the the Mises Caucus took over the party. Um, we were there when it happened, actually, at National Libertarian Convention. Nice. Which was very cool. And we, you know, we were speaking to people there and they were expressing interest in Monero. And so they're, yeah, they're, they're very open to it. You know, they're, they're crypto, I guess, agnostic. Obviously, they're big Bitcoiners. Um, but the Mises party itself is very pro crypto. And so they, they're, they're not just like, they, they know crypto, right? So they've, they found their way to Monero. I'll put it that way. You know, they, they, cool. they respect Monero. They're trying to add it as a way to donate, I believe, but I don't know. They're having issues with that. Person. Um, but yeah, they're, they're all about it. That's why they've reached out to us as to come talk about it. I think they're just trying to get the word out more now, which is very cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, I went to the, um, to the Texas state Republican convention in 2012 to try and elect Ron Paul, but our local convention, our county convention in Austin, um, this thing ended in a parking garage because uh, we were at some church and we lost, like, we, we, they only had so long to do the convention. And they knew it was going to be contentious because they knew there was a bunch of Ron Paul people there. But So they didn't book it for long enough. And then, you know, they had church the next day. So we, like, we all voted to go finish this thing in the parking garage next door. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds like the Libertarian Party. Yeah, this was, this was the Republican Party, but probably all parties, I guess. Oh, this is the Republican Party? Yeah, this is 2012. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Travis County Convention. Oh, very cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I actually have a video somewhere on YouTube where I, I recorded the whole thing on a tablet, and I uploaded it on some old YouTube account that I have. It's, it's not really that interesting, but 
you know, just the just the way that everything went down was like it was very eye opening. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, tomorrow's is going to be in a fire department. So it's going to be a nice group. Cool. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Probably the Libertarian Party is a little bit more fun than the Republican Party, I have to imagine. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the after parties are definitely better. What I'm most impressed by with the Libertarian Party is the the, the focus on first principles, right? And uh, like so many people like really study the philosophy behind all all these concepts, right? You know, like I think your your average Republican at the Republican convention, if you stopped and had a like a try to have a deep convo with them about like where where their ideals are coming from. I mean, some some of them don't get me wrong, but like the vast majority of the Libertarian Party are, are really like focused and zoomed zoned in on that and spend a lot of time on that, which is very impressive. And uh, you know, it's it's one of the reasons why I have a lot of like admiration for them. That's good. Yeah. Do you think, um, I know there was like some kind of accusations, or not accusations, but like them saying that, uh, who was the guy that they elected, uh, elected to run for president? Um, I think it was 2016, the guy that made in Aleppo. He didn't know what Aleppo was and that like ended his campaign basically. Oh, yeah, I don't know his name. I know the last was name, Joe Jorgensen was the last. The one before him. Okay. Yeah, I forget. I forget his name. Yeah. Anyways, but like, so you think that generally speaking, you know, like there's, it's not compromised or anything overall. It's like the people, at least the people on the ground are, are pretty, um, pretty consistent. Well, when you say compromise, what do you mean? Like, is there like a small cabal that's running the thing or something or? No, like, so for example, I really wish I could remember the guy's name who it was, but, um, that was also the race where John McAfee had, was like the number two guy in the Libertarian party to get the nomination. And instead it was, uh, it was the other guy. Oh. Um. Well, now with the Mises group in charge, they 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 seem pretty uh I don't know, like res- pretty hardcore in their determination to be very true to libertarian values. Although, I mean, you talk to some people in the park, like Martha Bueno, I think is isn't a big fan of them. Um, but that's just like internal politics. But yeah, to answer your question, I I think yeah, no, I think they're, they're pretty they're pretty legit. They're they're uh I don't know. They're maintaining themselves pretty well. I mean, we'll see how they do as they grow, right? It's kind of like crypto, right? You know, so <laughs> yeah, they're they're like Monero, right? They're a small project. Um, they're pretty much the community is is aligned. Uh, although I shouldn't say that, right? Because uh, it's different than other parties in that, given libertarian val- values, it's like they're kind of anti-establishment, right? And like they're. They, they, they don't want to be a necessarily a cohesive group at the end of the day, right? Cause they want new yeah. ideas and new, um, groups to be able to evolve out of the party. So it's like there, there are quite a few factions. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think, I think it's a healthy, healthy party. I think it's going to blossom in the next couple of years. I think it's really going to take well, that's, off. That's cool. I didn't know that the Mises Institute had taken over, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool to see that there's some change there and yeah. maybe they'll put up another John McAfee. But that's impossible because there's, there's no other John McAfee. Yeah, no, there's, there's no replacement for that guy. But yeah, man, well, another big, big week, huh? I guess so. It, to me, it seemed pretty calm. There, there didn't seem to be too much, like, I, nothing really caught my eye as being all that crazy. Um, well, it's a big week in terms of the broader markets, right? And like, what's... Yeah, we had the FOMC meeting. Um, Jay Powell got up and, uh, you know, told everyone what what's what. Um Nothing really too crazy came out of that. It was a 25 basis point rate hike, which is kind of what we talked about last week. Um, they don't want to look totally ineffective, but um, neither <clears throat> neither do they want to like really 
give the market something to worry about. Um, and of course, it was all the things that he said afterward that were really typically, in almost all cases, those are the more important things. Um, so really what we, we didn't see anything too crazy from him. He said, oh, yeah, inflation, you know, is still a problem. And um, you know what? Let me go check. There was like two things. Those, stuck those, out of my meetings, mind. Are, those meetings are so funny because it's like he gives he, he gives his little speech. Right. And then the press just basically asks like the same question like twenty different ways. <laughs> They're just like, so yeah. like, are you sure you're not gonna like are you gonna raise it or lower it next time? Like, like that's all they want to know. So they try to ask it in ten different ways. So uh, that and like any hard questions that they really want to ask, they've got to phrase it in a way that sounds very dry so they, you know, get invited back the next time. Right. But his response <laughs> is always the same. It's like, well, we'll look at the data and you know, it's the same response to said in See that's ways. That's where I think that um, there actually is quite a lot said there. And in fact, when you when you learn how to read between the lines, um, like sometimes he'll say things and you're like, man, if he was talking just as a regular person and not to the whole nation or to the whole world, um, he would say something in maybe an entirely different way. So, for example, um, back in maybe it was October, he was talking about, oh, labor conditions are tightening and, and this and that. And there's not enough. Uh, there's not enough labor. And there's not enough workers beyond statistically, you know, what we expect in our projections, blah, blah, blah. Sounds very dry. But the translation of that is too many of you have mad gains from all the money that we printed. So now we got to pull it back to force some of you out of retirement and go back to work. You millennials, <laughs> something like that. I mean, I, I know I'm kind of embellishing there, but. No, I get it. You know, you definitely there's things to gather. It's just really funny, right? I mean, that, that just like sums up the fiat. So you got this like one guy that we're all trying to figure out, like. All right, one so, man. Yeah, what what is he gonna do next? <laughs> the <laughs> world waits. Right? Jesus. So the two big things that I took from this one is um, he said that they're done raising. Um, he didn't say the word pause. Uh, it was interesting how he used like two sentences to say pause, but um, basically that they're done raising. He said maybe that they've got another one or two if they feel that they need to. Um, and the other thing is that he believes the balance sheet expansion that we saw is temporary. So, for example, let's go. This is the total assets of the Federal Reserve. We looked at this last week and it bumped up here. Um, we saw this week that it bumped up by like another hundred billion or something. But these are by and large 90 day loans. So they should end up reversing. Um, so Jay Powell said that they believe that this balance sheet expansion is temporary. They also thought inflation was temporary. So afraid <laughs> who knows. Um, but an interesting consequence of raising 25 points was what it did to the um, what it did to the bond market which I had pulled up, but where did it go? Uh, all right, I guess I have to find it again. Sorry about that, I guess. No worries, no worries. Here we go. Okay, so this is the chart that matters. There's there's two things here, actually. We'll talk about the yield curve inversion in, in a second. But um, So this step function right here that just happened, that was the Fed raising 25 basis points. And this white line was where we were last week. And this was the rate that... Um, that people were, were borrowing from the Fed's discount window. And by window, we don't mean like a window of time. We mean like a window, like a teller, like a desk. It's a facility that lends short term uh, by the Federal Reserve to banks or to financial institutions. So what we talked about last week was interesting. So this dotted line represents the rate at which they were borrowing. And then these gray lines are the three and six month treasury yields. So the fact that these yields were higher than what the Fed was lending and the Fed was basically taking everyone's low-yielding long-term debt as collateral, giving them par value uh, for a 90-day loan, meant that that institutions could just like get free money. They they could put those bonds with the Fed, get money at a hot you know at this interest rate here, 
and then turn around and buy a short-term bond yielding at a higher rate and just like that's pure profit for them. So one thing that the uh, raising the interest rate by 25 basis points did uh, was take this dotted line and move it up. So now for this past week, um, for the most part, uh, they haven't been able to do kind of the same thing. A little bit right here, but that's so small that that really might not be much yield to be had. So that was that was kind of an important thing that happened in terms of like the nuance of yields. Um, now, I'm definitely not an expert on this, so it's, it's possible that I could be missing something. Maybe there's some other factors or some other fees that banks have to pay that that sort of would hypothetically take this dotted line and, you know, maybe move it higher. But just from the plain look at it, to me, it looks like um, that was basically free money. And then most of that has ended now. And those are 90 day loans. So we should get back here. The other thing that was interesting over the past couple of weeks, um, this pink line is the yield curve inversion. So uh, we've talked about this a number of times before. And the concern is, is when the yield curve inversion corrects back to normal, um, like it did here in 2008. And then it did the same thing back in 2001 uh, right here. So what we've seen is a big spike back to, I mean, it's still inverted overall. It's still inverted, but it's a lot closer to being not inverted now. Um, that's, that's concerning. We'll have to watch that. Uh, usually this is delayed by at least a few months. So, and the other thing too is like this could come right back down, but if it goes back into normal territory and then continues to go up, eh, could, that could be a dicey sign. You might want to, you might want to um, think about getting out of the markets or at least hedging your position. Um, so that's like, to me, that was the big news um, this week that happened. Uh, and then kind of the other big news um, as of today, last night, is Monero has started to pump, going back to the top of its, uh, its bear market resistance line. Right. So uh, our lovely stable coin, Monero, go to the short term. Must have been our gateye.io his last night pump the price. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Definitely was. Very Actually, cool. you know, I, I was listening to, um, to one of your... Uh, the the podcast with the Christian, the interview with, uh, I can't remember his name. I feel bad. I think we were friends on Twitter. Nick. Nick. I was listening to uh, Nick and the advertisement um, that you guys put um, for, I can't remember which exchange it was, trocador.app. Um, I was really impressed because uh, their rates are lower than basically everyone else. And then they list everyone else's rates uh, for swapping when you're on their on their website. So I thought that was kind of yeah. I wasn't able to access them from Tor, but, uh, you know, VPN was. Oh, I thought they even have like a dot onion site, don't they? Oh, really? Maybe I need to look, to look. Cause I didn't, I didn't go to the dot onion version. I just went to oh, the, um, I think they do. Yeah. Yeah. Dot app. All right. Well, that's good. They're, to know. they're, they're cool true. guys. Yeah. I think, are they going to be down in the Neurotopia? I, I think, think so. Right? Yeah. I yeah. Believe. They're part, part of our adoption alley, but, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. He's a very nice guy. Cool. Well, I look forward to, uh, to chatting with him then. Yeah. All right, so here we got Monero. Like I said, uh, we're, we're up to going to the top of this line. Remember, we were down here. We said if you're a trader, this is probably a pretty good bet. Um, and if you're a trader, you might you might start questioning whether you want to maybe take some profits right here on Monero. Um, we have other interesting things happening. So uh, Bitfinex, which who knows if they're telling the truth or not, but we have a whole bunch of Monero longs that just got opened um, as of Monday. So that's another interesting thing. Uh, our ratio is finally pushing back to 0.006 uh, versus Bitcoin. So um, I'm not really I'm not really sure what to make of this. Again, if there's broad positive action in crypto markets and stocks, then um, I really just have to think that we're, we're probably going to spend time uh, down in this area here. So just something to be prepared for. And then one thing that's really puzzling me right now is the um, is the price divergence. So basically, remember we talked about uh, last week that Binance just really pumped their prices up here. Uh, this was like a 1% divergence, and then they did a lot of volume. And then, um, again, 
there's this positive price divergence with with volume. Um, and Monero has gone up a little bit, but not nearly as much as you would expect given this price diversion. So I'm not really sure what to make of that. I do I do wonder if um, so. I made the script public. I do wonder if these guys pay attention to that kind of thing at all. Um, are they kind of like screwing with their numbers now so that they can, uh, you know, so that it, there's no signal here for people that are trading Monero so that they can't use this as a signal potentially like uh, or, you know, may, maybe not. Maybe they're up to something else. I, I don't know. But I, I really can't. I really don't know what to make of this, because in the past, it's it has been fairly useful to be able to see um, to get some idea of where Monero's price might be going. Um, so the broader markets are basically positive, but uh, we had a kind of a the, the day ended on a big dip here. So, I mean, everything is still uh, like this is uh, Bitcoin, for example. Everything is still kind of trending here at this top line. Um, that doesn't mean that, you know, we couldn't come down to this line right here. Uh, for the moment, the markets seem broadly positive. Um, the S&P has bigger problems than the NASDAQ because, again, the banks um, are all sort of not all of them, but, you know, banks are going to be as part of the S&P, not the NASDAQ. Um, and since banks have been having problems, they've kind of had a little bit more trouble here getting establishing support as uh, or establishing this bear market trend line as support. Uh, however, the NASDAQ has already gotten back up to to uh, the original place where it kind of pumped out of um, in, in January. So it's already back up here at the top. That, that looks I mean, that looks good. That looks positive. Um, there is like I, I do feel like just intuitively that there's some uncertainty in the markets right now, which is probably why Bitcoin sold off. Uh, and my crypto sold off here at the end of the day. It's like it's kind of hard if you're not already long to get long right here because you look at this and you think, well, you know, we're at the top of the trend. And uh, this has now been like uh, at least a week of action. And it's like we can't quite break this line. So um, and then we've kind of got other other places that are going to be um, somewhat limiting for a moment. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, the the, the July uh, or sorry, the summer of 2021, this area is going to be somewhat definitely is going to be somewhat limiting and then of course back in 2022 for the summer this area right here so we're, we're basically coming up or at least bitcoin is coming up on this place where you would think that this is going to be a, a tough place to rise above so if we've got general positivity and the rest of the markets maybe this can just happen maybe it can just pump but um it does it does look like the market might be just a little bit uncertain right here so um really i, I don't feel like i have a good read on the markets right now so uh, I wouldn't be able to recommend anything necessarily uh, specific to do. The dollar index, uh, another, you know, another big one that we keep track of here. Uh, the, it was kind of schizophrenic around the, the banking problems. And then I was kind of expecting like this bounce. It, it wasn't entirely surprising, but I really did think that we would come to this long trend line right here. Because uh, if we take a look at the, the longer timeline, you can see that this trend line is decades. Yeah, so. So this trend line, you kind of expected that we were going to hit that back here. So maybe that's what's going to happen now. I did expect the dollar to make it all the way up to that splitter, and that didn't happen either. So I do think that uh, sort of the fundamental events that happened with the banking sector, you know, that, that could be part of it. So, uh, I mean, overall, I, I still see sort of continuation here. I don't see big signs that this is on the verge of reversal, that we're suddenly going to crash again. But there are little signs creeping up. Um, there's a couple other things that, that I've started to put on my horizon here or on my on my list. Um, so we'll we'll talk about those a little bit later some other time if uh, if they become a problem. Right now, it's like just the beginning of a blip. But that blip, if it continues in the direction that it did, uh, that would that would become a problem eventually. So I guess that's about all I have for you guys today. There's really there's really not too much to talk about. The markets are overall flat to positive. 
and there is uncertainty. Traders, you know, try not to be too degens. Good luck. All right, man. Awesome. What's uh? Oh, Gary. Go Gary on. Johnson. Someone yeah. in the comments yeah, here yeah, put Gary it. Johnson. That's that's what we're talking about. <laughs> How is how is the BTC XMR looking? What do you like? What, what's your what's your call on that? Uh, so we've got um, this was the Monero Bitcoin price chart. So uh, I, I do think that this support right here, these up up uh, up sloping lines, excuse me, uh, I do think that should be good support overall. It's been support for a very long time. It's it's amazing actually how this structure and this structure were just so similar. And of course, we hope that that would happen. You know that this thing would pump. And it's really not what happened. Uh, okay. But I mean, thoughts on on XMR BTC? We're we're not looking super rosy. It's it's kind of like a hedge in a way. So if things are not looking good with the markets and we're going into a bear market, XMR BTC should perform. Uh, when the leverage has to unwind on these propped up prices, including Bitcoin, um, the, the leverage has to unwind, and Monero does relatively better. And, and then of course, uh, because there's actually it's actually used in in certain markets. Uh, but when things are positive and the market's bouncing, it's like, well, you know, they're they're leveraging up the price, so it's it's kind of like we have to deal with uh, we have to deal with this crap right here. So my thinking on XMR BTC is not to hope for too much at the moment. I think that it's very possible we're going to play in this range, maybe at some point come down here uh, before maybe maybe coming up to the top of the range. And what's interesting is that this structure right here would even it would even resonate or, or corroborate the idea that I have that later this year, uh, maybe it's August, maybe it's November, uh, that we're going to have another return to the downside for the markets in general. Like maybe it'll be a double bottom or maybe it'll be like an actual full, full blown crisis. I think for now, like, I don't think that this whole banking thing is going to turn into a big contagion crisis. Like I do think that this is very likely to just kind of, sort of go away and and become less prominent, less of a big deal. But but I do think that there are the signs that we probably have to contend with the lows or somewhere close to it, Bitcoin 20K, 19K, S&P, NASDAQ, somewhere close to their lows again later this year. So somewhere around this time frame, which, uh, again, if we're talking about um, just in terms of XMR BTC and, and I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm trying to take this too far because it's really easy to extrapolate and be like, "Oh, well, I know the answer because XMR BTC just says this." It's just like a little data point you put in your head. We know that the ratio performs during bear markets um, when when things are questionable, and we do know that we're looking at this kind of um, this TA signature right here or pattern or whatever that we've seen before, where like, okay, if Bitcoin and the markets are going to do good. We're probably going to be doing something like that before potentially beating this area again, which notice that lines up September, November, right? At the end of the year here. So that's, that's just a very small point. That's like, okay, that would be a small corroborating point. And then you try and collect these overall. That's the idea. You don't want to like be like, this is the thing, right? That's you're, you're dealing with probabilities here. Hopefully that, that makes some sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, it would be cool if we saw. A, like a little bit of a move to Monero out of kind of what, like the zeitgeist right now. What's going on in crypto, right? You got the guy Balaj, right? Who's <laughs> screaming fire in the building and, you know, uh, fiat is done. The only safe spot is Bitcoin. And not only that, they're going to come after your Bitcoin, right? He's, he's like just trying to, he's amping it up even more and more, right? He's like, so ridiculous. Uh, These guys are like, dude. move it up, move it all to Bitcoin and, don't be surprised if the government like knocks and they try to they try to take it. And, uh, God, and, and people listen to that crap. People believe that crap. They hear it like 
they, they just they're playing on on the plebs emotions they're playing on retail they're, they're like they're pulling all the puppet strings it's it's designed to get people on the wrong side of the market he's just doing a pump i mean he's just he's just i do think i do think that we're kind of like so if you remember uh maybe a couple months ago when we talked about um or just in general i've talked about um you you have these market makers exchanges these influencers the big players yada yada um it can be sometimes that they need retail on the opposite side of the trade. Like, for example, in 2021, they needed exit liquidity at the top. So everything was just like unrelentingly positive. It was just like, right, yeah, right. it's going 100K. And then recently, that was actually a big tell for me in, in January. Some of these big players, even CZ, um, were giving little clues and indicators that the market had farther down to go. And all of my charts, as we talked about, everything was shifting towards the other side, towards the positive. And then when those guys were like, oh, be scared and sell, I was like, no, they're, they're getting entrance liquidity now. They're reacquiring their backs. So sorry to answer your question a very long way here. But to answer your question, right now, they need people to augment their long trade. They're in the long trade. They're on the long side of the market. And they want more retail, more plebs to be fearful of hyperinflation, to get into Bitcoin, to buy crypto, pump their bags. And at some point, they're going to be looking for exit liquidity. Now, I'm not sure that they know exactly how long, how much positivity retail can have. But at some point, these guys are going to start selling their bags. They're going to try and get volume buying, but they're, they're going to sell their bags into the volume retail buying. And that's just how the game is played. That's just what they do. So um, you, you can't like Lodge isn't going to hodl all the way to a million. <laughs> he's probably got a big hodl that he's never going to sell. Um, but he's got a, you, you can bet he's got a trading stack and he's got other economic interests involved yeah. with um, like playing the market. Yeah. But, but I guess the point I wanted to make though, right? So like if you're going to continue down his road, the logic he's using, uh, you might want to move some of that into Monero, right? If you're, if you're worried that, you know, absolutely the unconfiscatability nature of crypto is about to be tested, you might want to move it into Monero. Yeah. It would be, it would be amazing if we started to see that play out. Um, obviously that'd be amazing. Do you think if the, do you, if the government took everyone's Bitcoin? No, it'd be amazing if we saw <laughs> that, that play out in the market. Oh yeah, I got you. Or like thinking this is going to happen and you know, they're trying to move to a safe haven and they, they do the next level of thinking big. Wait a minute. You could see, you could see all my Bitcoin. They could see where I bought it. They know that I still have it. Maybe I want to throw it in a, in a safer space, Monero, right? Monero is a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> Monerotopia is a safe space. Um, yeah, man. So I don't know. Is that, is that, uh, is that too, am I dreaming? Is that, that's not, that's um, not you, you might be daydreaming. It, it could, it could happen. Um, I just, let, let me ask you this. Do you think, any of the movement we've seen with Bitcoin, like its recent run up, had anything to do with these uh, concepts that are out there, like that it is the same oh, yeah. and fiat is dying? Or was it really just that the market was anticipating that the interest rates were, you know, the pivot was going to happen? No, there's definitely organic purchasing. People really were afraid the system might collapse. They really were fear, afraid of banking contagion. There was definitely organic moves into Bitcoin. So, and, and of course that gets supplemented with leverage as well. Right. So what, what do you think most of the pump was coming from? Was it coming from the lower, anticipating that the, you know, it's the end of interest rate raising or this, you know, fiat is dying and you better get your Bitcoin now? Like, oh, I, mean, um, I would, I would go with the, uh, with the interest rates and. Yeah. That's and what I'm saying. Right. Like I the feel like the availability of, yeah. 
that the availability of cap uh, capital, like those are the things that really drive the big players that can move the markets and and smart money as well. I mean, they're not not everyone is in a fax. Um, you know, the people that have access to liquidity, big liquidity to move a trillion dollar market cap. Uh, when they when the rates are more friendly to them, and when there's these programs at the Fed where they can they can loan money or, or uh, borrow money, like yeah, that that's the thing that's really driving the market. The narrative is just there to like kind of convince the retail. Right. All right, man. Good stuff. We'll see. Thank you very much. How the story pans out next week. Yeah. Everybody Hopefully, rushes into Monero. I'm gonna see Monero break that <laughs> overhead resistance. Yeah, that's right. You know what? Why don't we let's just start putting out our own narratives. Doesn't matter, true or not. I mean, it's a, it's a legitimate narrative, right? If, if people are going to start moving over away from fiat into Bitcoin because they're worried that the fiat system is collapsing. And if the next thought is they're worried that their crypto is going to be confiscated, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. The only thing I worry about new retail plebs is like, they only know what guys like Balaji tell them. And Balaji is not going to tell them to go buy Monero. Like the people that have been in it for in it for a while, the ones that have principles, the real libertarians, those guys, we already know about Monero. And um, you know, we have our brethren on the Bitcoin side as well that believe in the same principles, and some of them kind of hate Monero. But the new guys, it's like I, I don't know, like something needs to happen to reach them. And it's very difficult because I do think that it's likely that some of these powerful forces actually try to make sure Monero does not get out to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe at one point though you will have your your Michael Saylor collage of Monero. I think you're let's gonna... do a CSS collage <laughs> promotion. You just need somebody to pretend to be that, be that person. Yeah, maybe you know if unknown CSS, millionaire, we'll, we'll, we'll hack someone's Twitter account and, and you know, just for a moment. Yeah, we'll use we'll borrow. We'll borrow there. All right, buddy. All right, man. Stuff. Thank you. Talk to you next week. Cheers. All right. Let's move on to the dev segment. Uh, unfortunately, Digoon um, wasn't able to join us live, but he did a recording. Very nice. And now for the Monero development segment. So this week we have some limits put on the Monero NFTs. We're going to go over that today. So basically what happened since our update was that there was a merge put into the official Monero repo that limits TX Extra in the trans. And this sort of limits how easy it is to make NFTs. We're going to get into that a little bit more. So this change has been pending officially since February the 5th. But I'm sure this fix has been folding around the space way before then. It's a relatively straightforward fix. But like I said, once again, it was pending in the repo since February the 5th not being merged. It was some great discussion about the trade-offs the cons and the pros about this in this repo. So it's been discussed thoroughly, but not merged yet. But if you're paying attention, um, as our show last week said, someone actually made Monero NFTs. So you can see here, someone's like, hey, by the way, um, we should probably get this merged because someone's actually making NFTs. So after this prompt, I think like a couple days later, it was merged. And what does this merge do? So officially this merge basically limits the size of transactions, specifically TX Extra in the transaction pool, and basically nodes have to upgrade. But what does this not do? Miners still have no limits still. So basically miners can directly mine NFT transactions, massive transactions, if they want to, essentially. So it can be done out of bands. And currently, even without miners, NFTs basically just need 
to string different transactions together. So maybe an NFT is too large to put in one transaction. So you can imagine an NFT person splits it in two or three or four. You can still do that. That is effective, but it does increase the price, which is, a, I think, a pretty good fix at this time. But like I said, Justin has a great summary in the repo concerning this. He pretty much says, this isn't a permanent fix or like the in-all be-all. It's a great start. And they're still talking about different things that will get merged in later. But this merge right here is a great start. And I agree. It was like, I think like two, three weeks after Monero NFTs went live, which is great to respond so fast. The dev community has been great in talking about all of this, informing the community, having these conversations, even before Monero NFTs were a thing. So Monero community is clearly committed to digital cash, and it's great to see them address issues before they pop up so that you can see such a quick response when the issue does resume. And to iterate that, Monero talk with Doug and Justin was awesome. It happened literally, I think, Thursday, and it was great. I listened to it. You should listen to it, too. It's amazing. It covers these things in great details, the pros and cons of more knows, maybe some things that can be fixed around them. Just a great overview of the technology and its issues specifically. So as usual, I recommend you watch the Monero Talk with Justin if you want to do a deep dive into this issue. And that'll be it. Um, hope you all have a great day. Hey. He even worked in a plug for, yeah, he did. for Monero Talk. Great job. Great job. Great so update. The video will Thank be you, Deegan. edited and published, but you guys can listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we're working on the video itself, but if you guys just want to listen to the audio recorded on Twitter. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Unfortunately, we weren't able to do the Q&A during that, because not because of us, because the Twitter space is messed up again. A lot of issues. Yeah. Um, and it would have been great, because we had Luke Parker sitting in there, like, ready to, to jump in the convo. Actually, we tried to get him on today, but he was he was busy. Uh, maybe we'll get him on soon to get his you know full take. He's, he's been tweeting about it. He just put a tweet out about it. Recommend follow Luke for the for the latest on all this stuff and for his point of view. Um, and then we have JT Grassi coming on Monero Talk next week. So he's he's a dev. He's an OG. He always has amazing insights and and wisdom to provide. Um, so looking forward to talking to him next week. That's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. We're going to talk about, you know, what the plan is with deprecating or if we're going to deprecate TX extra or how, to how much we're going to, you know, obviously they, they made this initial limit right now overnight, um, as a way to send a message that Monero, you know, or ordinals or inscriptions aren't wanted on Monero. I mean, ideally, sure, if, if it was possible to do without destroying fungibility, it'd be a, a nice-to-have thing. But uh, the fact that it, it, it threatens it in any way, it's, it's a non-starter. Um, but JT Grassi's coming on. That should be a really awesome talk. Um, yeah, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it more even today. Sure, we Keep will. Keep it going. All righty. Um, I guess let's move on to the guest thought? segments. 2023, M Ordinals. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. No. And the M Ordinals guy is getting pretty, uh, pretty feisty on Twitter. I don't know. Maybe he'll jump on a Monerotopia. Who knows? Maybe. All right. Shall we move on to the? Let's do it. Maybe one of these guests is the M Ordinals. Yeah. Nobody even knows who he is. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. Wrong one. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. Where'd you get that music? I did not. Our editor did. Oh. She's awesome. She's say? amazing. 
Can we mention that? Uh, I don't know. That's like, was that top secret? Yeah, that's top secret. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Hello, hello, welcome. We have two we have special guests. Two spe- we went from not having any special guests today because our I don't know whatever happened this week we got all we got all mixed up. Uh, well, guests. no, because also changing it to Friday. So yeah, to uh, in a, in a, we panicked and we reached out to people and we ended up with two very special guests for the evening. So thank you guys, number one, for doing it on short notice. Greatly appreciated. Um, would you guys want to? Quickly introduce, introduce yourself. yourself. I guess yeah. privacy, Dad. If you want to give a, a quick intro. Sure. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you yeah. for jumping on. Yeah. Um, so, well, I, I'm not going to be able to help you with any of the uh, interesting technical stuff you were just talking about, but uh, I had warned you about that. Uh, so I, I do a blog about uh, digital privacy, and um, I found out about you guys during COVID, and uh, I like the uh, positive energy of the show and make me happy to listen to your podcast. And uh, then I got into Monero a little bit too. And I've been writing a blog about what it's like, you know, you listen to shows like yours and you read, uh, you know, I was listening to Seth's um, opt out and I listened to the surveillance report. And when you try to uh, do some of those things, when you have no idea what you're doing, that's kind of what I try to write about what that's like. Very cool. So kind of, um, Entry level, you you help people dis- discover privacy tech, kind of onboard. Yeah, I think it's kind of a, a bit of a a gap at the moment that uh, the people that know how to do the things like mine Monero, they know how to do it and they talk confidently about it, and the people that don't, it's a it's a big jump for them. So if, like for me, I I set up uh, a mining computer and it took uh, took months for me <laughs> to get it to work. And it's a simple thing. Now, now that I look back, I'm like, I feel like an idiot. But it, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, you really don't know what you're doing. But we're in your category, privacy dad. I mean, you know, we're, we're out here talking about this stuff all the time. And, you know, obviously we walk the walk. We're all Monero. We transact with Monero nonstop. But like, there's a lot of things where we don't really have the time to stop and figure it all out. So totally get that. Right. Like, yeah. Well, and like you said, there is that gap, right? Because th- those that know it, they know it so well. It's like they're forgetting that it's total noobs that have no idea, you know, where to start or what you're talking about. Like you, n- you need an in-between person to communicate. To yeah, them. I think we need a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what we try to be for Monero, right? Like, yeah, you know, you, like, you are doing a good job with that because I, I had no idea about anything crypto, and now I have, you know, Cake Wallet, and I'm mining Monero, and I have a node running. And that's because of your show. So awesome. awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers to us. Makes us feel nice. Yeah. It's worth and, it. and privacy All time. The- We're doing the same thing for privacy time. All the hard work. Yeah. I admire your, uh, your energy and your, your drive. You know, you're always, uh, super energetic and, uh, no matter how many people are live with you. Thank you. Thank that's you. Great. Yeah, luckily, you don't see the behind the scenes. No, you do not. Happy, yeah. well, I don't need to. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't need to. Well, that could be you. its own show. That could be after yeah. hour. Um, awesome, words. man. What what is your you know what is your website and everything? It's just the the privacy dot com. Sweet. And it's it's just a blog. I I publish. I try to publish twice a week. Um, and I just um, there's a kind of main thread to the blog, which is I go back to. Maybe five years ago when I, you know, I quit Facebook. That was a, a first kind of big step for me. And then all the little steps in between that have led up to, you know, I, I have a, like a Nextcloud, um, 
server now and my kids are on, on Google. Um, and it's all those little steps that I, I try to kind of sequence them. And then I occasionally do posts about, uh, parenting, you know, how that has affected my parenting. And then a few like beginner, you know, uh, definitions. What, you know, what is a VPN? And what is ISP and so on? Very cool. Yeah. So are, are you teaching your kids these concepts? Yeah. Yeah. They, they're on Ubuntu and they are, um, they've got uh, Calyx, uh, type phones and that's amazing and so on. Yeah. It's, uh, and they don't get teased for it. You know, some, I've had some reactions on Reddit where someone thought I should be careful with that stuff, uh, because they'll be uh, ostracized, you know, they're no, not on social media. They're going to be the cool kids, man. They're yeah. They, the cool crowd. <laughs> Everybody's really yeah. looking around. Like, Whoa, over there. Oh, I don't know. I'm not being spied on by yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> they have Nokia. You know those Nokia. Um, they call them bricks. You know those 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 heavy, indestructible Nokia phones. They they go to school with those. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, because I don't I don't think they need a smartphone, but that's probably extreme. Yeah, I don't know. I might do the same thing. You know, my my daughter's only eight. So she doesn't need a phone just yet. She really wants one. No, she's, she's all too about young. it. No, yeah, no, they start, it. no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Phone, you know? sure. My youngest is 11, and uh, she's the only one in her class that doesn't have a smartphone. There's so much value you get out of that, keeping your kid away from the well, yeah, social media yeah, for as long as, like, forget the privacy yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just keeping them away from the social media. It's, it's just, first of all, it's a complete waste, like, total waste of time, right? And it just, yeah. it just has you focused on the wrong things. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, pe- kids need to socialize, but they also need, like, I think it's, like, it's natural for us to turn off and not social parts in our life. And it's like, it's like, ima- like high school was intense, right? I could only imagine yeah. what it's now. It never, the day never really ends. That's like, right. It keeps going at night, right? I think. Right. Yeah. It's not like you have yeah. that, that locker moment where you're socializing <laughs> with everybody. It's like, the, yeah, it's it. it continues throughout the evening. There's nowhere to, there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. So it, yeah. it's just like stressful. So yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. Go. That's kind of the concern though that, you know, you don't want to have your child excluded from conversations that are ongoing and be out of that's the loop. True. Right, right, but right. we'll see how it goes. I can I can respond uh, as it as it comes up. As it comes along, yeah. 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 And you've written articles on, on this exact topic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm pretty clear about uh, about that. I write maybe more confidently about parenting because I I'm doing that right now. Mm-hmm. And then the privacy stuff. I'm I'm pretty clear that I'm not like Seth or those other guys that know what they're talking about. I'm, I'm really just describing experiences, and I I always try to. Um, describe the problems that I ran into, you know, to show like that it wasn't that easy. Uh, Seth will say like, yeah, just set up a, set up your next cloud. <laughs> and then, you know, for me, that was like a whole summer because <laughs> I didn't know command line. I didn't know anything. I didn't know about modems. And so it's, it's a big gap, I think, between the, the media presenters and the, the people that might just be starting out. What, if you don't mind me asking, what is your, kind of your, your background, like your day job? I'm a teacher, high school teacher. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So I talk about Monero to my classes. Oh, that's cool. Really? What, what, uh, what type of class? Like, uh, high school, uh, some of it's like AP, advanced placement level. So we have interesting discussions about, about money and trends and, and I, I, yeah, I've talked to them about, uh, privacy a lot and, uh, I've showed them some of those, you know, good documentaries on, that are on Netflix at the moment. And we've talked about Monero and I've 
I know one student who who knew about it. You know, a, a kid of sixteen was aware really? of Monero. Yeah. Awesome. Is that is that how he bought his weed off? off? <laughs> <laughs> is that how you knew? <laughs> he no. Well, he knew what I was talking about, and he he understood the, some of the differences uh, that Very I've learned cool. from you. Yeah. What is the general feel among this? This you know, my my daughter is only like I'm curious. Yeah, like among the high schoolers, right? Because they're, they're they're the up and comers right now. What is the feel? do they grasp? Obviously, they're all aware of crypto, right? But do they grasp like the, the value proposition, or at least what we believe is the value prop? Like, are they on board with that? Um, you know, no, I, I don't think they understand the the your message. You know, which is that it it, it could be an alternative uh, economy um, coin. Uh, I think they see it more as a way to get really rich quick because uh, that has happened to people with Bitcoin, yeah. you know, and, and in fact, uh, some of my graduates uh, did, you know, they bought Bitcoin be fiber more years ago and, and made money uh, as mm-hmm. kids. Um, so now, so they're looking for the next, the next Bitcoin or the next Dogecoin. I think so. Yeah. That's, that's the, about the limit of how people, how young, People see see crypto, but you have the occasional student who gets it about uh, privacy and alternatives to to uh, the mainstream apps and so on. Very cool, Matt. And so, and you you teach them these these concepts as well? Yeah, yeah. I talk about it regularly, and I I challenge them, and I show them my. I have a light phone. You know, I don't know if you know the light phone. It's like <laughs> it's not really a privacy phone, but it's it takes you off the smartphone. And being on a smartphone means usually you're you're downloading a lot of third party apps and. Uh, mm-hmm. That's not good for privacy. So I show them it, and and we have conversations. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, you it, really are the privacy. <laughs> you really, are. <laughs> yeah. But maybe um, you know, uh, just throwing it out there. But if you're interested, we could maybe like add some kind of segment, do it once a month or whatever. When you when you do a new. Program. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd be happy to. Yeah, very cool. I I, I do uh, I I mean I like writing, but I I do really think. It, it, the name came from this. Uh, do you know the surveillance report? Yes. Yeah. The, those guys said at one point in one of their shows, they said, Oh, we need people to fill the middle space, you know, and, uh, we need parents, uh, to talk about it. And here's a name, the privacy dad. You can have it, whoever. And, and I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I got the, uh, the domain name right away, paid for it. <laughs> that and, is awesome. And just started writing. And, uh, but I, I really do think, I understand what you're trying to do. You, you are, um, enthusiasm media and you're trying to generate enthusiasm. Uh, but there is a big gap between the people that are in the know and the people that are on the outside. And mm-hmm. I, I don't see a lot of movement there myself. Like I'm the only person that I know in, in person that does like has a Calyx phone mm-hmm. and has, uh, is running a Linux and things like that. No one else is that I know in person. So that's kind of what I think is important that we bridge the gap if that's what we need to do. Yeah. And it's just great business, right? There's so much potential there. I do, I do think there's going to be uh, a movement in, in that direction. Um, yeah. That, do you, right? you think, you think so? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because pe- people are people are going to crave crave privacy. It's going to it's going to become an, a, a valuable thing, right? Like mm. this idea of being able to escape, because yeah. um, there's really nowhere to escape these days. So people are yeah. naturally going to to seek that, right? I hope so. I I I, I agree with you, but I'm not sure I'm seeing it uh, in practice. And you you had a guy on uh, in uh, February, uh, Bednar. 
And he said something that I liked, which was, well, why do we need to onboard people? You know, yeah. what about if we just drop the idea and just whoever wants to use these tools uses them and the rest can you know, wander around in the dark? Yeah, no, that's the real cypherpunk view, right? Like, Is it? yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of the, you know, it's like, we're here, we're building these tools. And if anything, yeah, we don't, we don't want to be out there pushing it too much because we don't want it to get, we don't want the culture to get ruined, right? I think there's that, that thing mm-hmm. too, right? Because if you make the tent too big, then you start to have people that are coming into the tent that really aren't as idealistic. And, you know, that's where you start to let down your armor, right? Um, yeah. For example, like the the M ordinals thing, right on Monero, right? Like, yeah, I'm trying to understand. Before you know it, there's a there's a group of people in Monero, like, well, we we would love to have uh, NFTs, right? And like, the the digital cash thing maybe doesn't matter as much to them uh, once once the tent gets large enough. So, yeah, I listened to your show last your last show, and I I was I understood some of it. It's, I can see that some people are worried about it. But I, I have a question for you. I was wondering, like, what motivates you to do what you guys are doing? Yeah. Cause you have, you're putting a lot of energy and time into it. And, and you like, like I said, you, your show got me, is one of the things that got me through COVID, you know, because of the positivity and the consistency of the message, which is, you know, a, a, a well-reasoned message. But I do wonder where the energy comes from. I'm just not a normal person. <laughs> I'm like you, man. I'm like I'm a man on a mission, you know. So. And what? Yeah, what's the mission? Is what I was liberty. Like, that, I've, liberty. The, the, right. the pursuit. The pursuit of liberty and um, the fight against tyranny. I've always. Yeah. Maybe maybe when I was younger, it was more. Um, I came across as more of perhaps a conspiracy theorist in my own mind, but I think now yeah. it's all the things that I was fearful of are, are coming to fruition. So I got off. Off my seat and try to try to do things. I've always well, been that way. I've worked on projects like when I was in my twenties. I guess you no, know, it was during law school. I tried starting this thing called Gov Together. Um, you're a lawyer. Yes, I'm an attorney. Okay. I'm an engineer as well. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, I worked on this project called Gov Together, where I was trying to improve representative democracy. And you know, I was I wasn't getting anything out of it. It wasn't a, it wasn't a business. Yeah. It had no business model. Just like a maniac, I was trying to get this thing off the ground. I was trying to get uh, a local congressman to adopt the system where he pledged to vote in Congress in accordance uh, with how his constituents were, were voting, right? You yeah, know, yeah. that's it. like what happens in Europe. Uh, yeah, not a direct democracy, but like a way to like di- directly poll all your kids, right? And ultimately, mm-hmm. the, the representative would still then have to decide. But just an example, this is something I was very passionate about and which is out there. But so I guess I've, I've just always had this this drive towards trying to improve uh you know improve this country improve the world uh, mm-hmm. and add more liberty to it and i'm i'm just concerned man i mean i assume you are too right like yes, the yeah, very. Stuff, right i assume it's not just about protecting your information it's about the ramifications of if everybody's yeah. information is getting surveilled what that then means for society right yeah it's it's a uh, we're we're sort of uh, you know it's like what they use the metaphor of frying uh what do, you, what do you fry crab slowly? Is that how you kill them? <laughs> or lobster? Boiling or, or, Boiling yeah. <laughs> like slowly, slowly people are, uh, uh, giving up, uh, little bits of, of their agency and their privacy. That is, 
a bad direction to go in. Yeah, so that's what motivates me, man. I ran for Congress in 2020 for, yeah, yeah. for these ideas and for, for Monero, right? I see Monero as being literally, I mean, you know, when, I, when I try to think of how I could make the largest impact to this end, yeah, there's really nothing else I feel like I can do that would have such a great impact as opposed to onboarding a new person to Monero, right? Like, yeah. Tremendous, right? We're building this this network, and it's like it, it doesn't go away, right? It just the network effect builds, and so you know, running running for office, being out there talking about like you could you could achieve things, but uh, through the traditional system, it's it's very hard to make a, a, a tremendous impact. Uh, there's a much larger impact that could be made by just building this tech outside of the conventional. Yeah, I I have uh, I know that you use the cake wallet method to uh mm-hmm. you know you send somebody a little bit and i've i've done that with some friends and family and 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 one of my children even has a bit of monero now but uh but everyone is like okay now what <laughs> you know well they I think, mean, oh, now the they coin can might the cards and all that stuff right or they could yeah watch it but, go up potentially go up yeah price. Yeah, yeah, it's it's at the moment a bit hard to spend it. I use it for for Molvad, you know, Molvad VPN. I think that's a really yeah. neat uh, a neat uh, experience to pay for something completely anonymous over a digital network. I think that's I know, I that's pretty that. remarkable. Yeah, we we use iVPN. They they accept it as well. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that's that's the thing, right? So yeah, for young kids, but you know, there's 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 things, right? And I'm sure. You know, they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll realize, you know, they're, it, it, it's nice to have cat digital cash, right? Yeah. You, know, you, you want to buy things privately. I think they'll start to see the value. And yeah, yeah, it's not about buying gift cards and cake. That's like, you know, if somebody needs to liquidate and, you know, needs to let you like that, but the, the end goal, right, is somebody's using it directly to, to make a purchase. Yeah. I think we're, we're getting there, man. Like people like me and you are, are starting to do it. Well, I, I went on local Monero. And I didn't exchange that, and I found it pretty scary, to be honest. <laughs> you know, it felt a bit dodgy. Like, no, I know. It- <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, but that's what I talked to Alex about. Like, how do we, uh, you know, that that's really the issue he's trying to overcome. Because at the end of the day, it's literally just as simple as a centralized exchange, potentially even easier. But there's this... There's, there's this barrier of entry. There's friction. Well, you have all these different individuals that you have to trust, and you just pick some random, but I suppose it's the same as, as eBay, isn't it? Really? Yeah. You have these different individuals, but they're really, you know, once, you know, depending on how you do right. Meeting them in a dark alley to give them cash. (laughs) Sure. That's sketchy, but using these other methods, right? You could send Venmo to buy your Monero and, and there's really not much trust involved because, because of the escrow system built in. So it's really, really hard to get screwed over. You're like using Venmo on, on, local Monero to buy to buy Monero. Right? You just pick the top rated guy, boom, you send and he sent you know, and he's he sends his Monero and you're good to go. So local Monero works on a on a rating system too then, just like second yeah. hand markets. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep, exactly. Okay. Oh no. Oh no. Oh sorry. Wait, we lost them? Yeah, I Why think so. Off? I don't know. Tell them to come back up. I don't have them on okay. Sorry, sorry, Price down. Hold on. No. I I hope I didn't Talk too long, man. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. That, that, that was us. Um, he dropped out. He lost free. Reboard. We're not. Oh, no, he's back. He's back. Okay, he's back. Okay, you're back. He's back. He's back. Lost yeah. You. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. We, we, we just, you know, so, privacy dev, we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah. Please hang around if you can. Cause maybe I will. Yeah. In, the, in the news. And now we will. Do you want to 
do another uh, yeah, let's special do another, guest. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, of course. Thank, Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll be in touch. I like this idea of uh, maybe a, a once-a-month segment. So we get I, I would, I'd be up for that for sure. Very cool. Awesome. Nice meeting you. All right, let's you do too. Uh, Oh, one last question. Oh, Any yeah. chance you're coming down to Monerotopia? In Mexico? Yeah. Uh, probably wow. not. Ah, okay. All right. <laughs> I'm, you're looking, I know, I, I wish I could, but it's, I, I work, uh, you know, and I don't think I'd be able to. You should, you should broadcast the, the conference, uh, to your students. To my students. <laughs> well, I'd get free. in trouble. <laughs> you won't charge you, you know, for free, obviously. Anybody that wants to do that, by the way, to, to broadcast it to an arena of people. Arena. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'd get in trouble if I did that. I, I don't think I'm meant to. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Now you're just pushing it. Arena. But you said you can join online? You said that earlier yeah, today? Yeah, we added tickets. a virtual ticket. Okay. That's actually a great idea. Yeah. To show it. <laughs> let me, let me worry about that. I'll be right back. <laughs> but, right. Uh, yeah, Thanks, thank folks. you okay. so much, Privacy Dad. Um, thank you. We're going to do a, a little uh, intro for it. All righty. I'm loving the show tonight. This is like, this is like one of those, you sit back Friday night in the Monerotopia for like eight hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's is... been a long week of Douglas and his voice. I, wanted... I had like four shows. We had so many shows this going on. Freeport. Tomorrow too. Hello. What's going Freeport. on? Man. How's it going? It's going pretty patience. good. How are you guys? Good, good. Thank you for Oh, no problem. You want to, uh, give Quickly the quick intro, you. which will, I'm sure, lead into, uh, 30 minute cava? <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, so, I'm not sure exactly what you guys would like to know, but essentially Freeport is kind of like a free private city or free private society. We got our independence back on December 10th, 2016. Since then, we've been kind of building up and essentially we're going to be building a community in uh, Nevada that's kind of with like-minded individuals that want to come together away from kind of the rest of the system, do our own thing, be self-sufficient. Of course, we're very heavily privacy-focused, and we believe in and support Monero. In fact, that's the only currency that we use, and the only way that that will ever change is if something happens with Monero where it becomes unsustainable or it's no longer around anymore or whatever, and then we will switch to something else. Um, I come from a background in law enforcement. I worked with the Oregon State Police on a drug task force unit. And then after that, I got into actual law and international law and things like that. And then it just kind of developed from there. Very cool, man. So, like, but you, you said you guys got your statehood in what? What, what was that? December 10th of 2016. And what do you mean by that? You got your statehood. How'd you do that? Okay, so the way that you get sovereignty, independence, however you want to phrase it, is there's a protocol and a procedure that's followed, and that's that you have to come together with other like-minded individuals, meaning like a group of two or more people, and sit down, decide how you're going to form your government, how you're going to run things, put it on paper, and declare your independence, which that's exactly what we did. And then you have to send that notice out to other nations to give them a chance to respond. And if nobody responds or objects, 
you have your freedom and your independence and your statehood, legally speaking. And it was interesting because the fact that when we did that, we knew that we had the legal right, but we didn't know how the United States and other countries would re- would respond. And honestly, we've seen nothing but respect and gratitude from the U.S. and from other countries. They've completely honored it and respected it, and they've left us alone. When you say they honor and respect it, they responded to it, or you're, they just never responded to it? To begin with, they never responded to it at all. Um, they have now in the sense that we were communicating back and forth with the U.S. Supreme Court on a case that was going on in, out of Sudan, and they gave us recognition in that correspondence with the Supreme Court back and forth. Recognition by calling you by a title or something? or uh, Kind of. Recognition is when a government entity recognizes you as uh, a society, as an individual, whatever. And so they sent us a letter with the entire court case, and on the envelope they put it as addressed to ambassador, and then my name, Freeport Diplomatic Mission, and our location here in Southern California. And that right there, from a legal standpoint, is recognition. And since then, we've got communications from the State Department, from various other government agencies and they treat us and speak with us directly as they do anybody else hmm. so what 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 is when you say it's it's legal to do where where'd you come up with the process how do you discover this process and what what's what does this status really give you i mean you can't uh are you saying you're you're going to start your own government within the the territory of the united states uh kind of so there's a long precedence of it, and it's the exact same precedence the United States followed uh, when the U.S. was formed in law, in international law specifically. It's called the right of exile, or more commonly known as the right of self-determination, which essentially says that people, when they come together, have the right to decide how they're going to govern themselves and live their lives and things like that. That's how every country is able to form itself and do things. Even the United States, uh, when it was first formed, for the first nine years, technically, they didn't own any land. They didn't have land until the, what was it, the Treaty of Versailles, nine years after the U.S. was officially formed. And that's one of the big misconceptions is most people believe that you have to own a chunk of territory or whatever in order to have a government, and you really don't. Because from a legal standpoint, it's about jurisdiction, not about physical location. And there's another thing in international law that even kind of protects that, and it's called the right of embassy, which is that every society, every government has the right to exist and has the right to have a place to exist. Okay, this this sounds pretty wild. So, I mean, is is the idea that, you don't then have to abide by the laws of of the United States? Uh, as a uh, separate society, separate government, however you want to define it, and you with a background in law, being an attorney and stuff, you might be familiar with some of this. If not, I would encourage you to look it up. Um, but there's a thing called sovereign immunity, 
just the same as what the U.S. government has with its citizens, things like that, where you're not bound to the laws of another society, another jurisdiction. That's kind of how that works, and that's protected in international law. And I know I keep mentioning that a lot because it's kind of so important. And one of the – and please don't just take my word for it. I would highly encourage people to go look up the actual like context of international law, which is a series of books called The Law of Nations. Uh, we've been working with the United Nations and various other countries as well, but that's kind of where we're at and what we're doing. Crazy, man. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds wild, which, uh, you know, but, uh, keep trucking. I mean, so where, where do you see this going? What, and I guess what, what is motivating you to do this? This is similar to privacy dad's question to me. What, what is your motivation? Well, the motivation is we were, of course, and by we, I mean the people involved with Freeport. We were all born in the United States. We all started learning law and really understood it. And then we realized that, like, hey, we can no longer continue to support the U.S. and what they're doing. And one of the mottos, for example, of the United States is e pluribus unum, simply meaning out of many, one. And legally speaking, what that means is if one person in your society does something, everybody in that society is guilty of it. And we could not continue to stay as U.S. citizens, subjects, however you want to phrase it, and be a party to what the U.S. is doing. More simply, we didn't want the blood on our hands. And we said, you know what? We can't continue to be a part of the system, a part of the society, and we don't want violence or war or anything else. So what are our options? Our option is a peaceful settlement and dispute, which is the right of self-determination. And so that's exactly what we did. Well, you found your way to Monero, so you, you must be doing something right, right? Like you, uh, you, you're, I, I, I kind of, uh, I, I'm interested. I'm interested in the, the, the logic you're using to, to proceed in the way you are. Um, yeah, man, I'm curious to see how this goes. I mean, this is, this is, this is the real life Monerotopia is what, what you're building here. Well, essentially we're just trying to provide people an option where if they don't like the society that they're in, that they have other options. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to help educate people to show them, like, hey, if you don't like the U.S. or whatever, and even if you're not a fan of us, great. But here's how you can build your own society and do your own thing and actually have real freedom. At your own risk, people. It's just like crypto. I don't know. Before you go start your own country, you might want to do your own research. Yeah, know. definitely. Like, do your own research. Please don't just take my word for it. Go look it up. Educate yourself. Uh, yeah, that's you know I I my my, my state is 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 Monerotopia, right? Right. So my thinking is it's opting out is, is something anybody could effectively do anywhere with with the technology we have today. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that that's the angle I'm taking, right? So you could you could be in any jurisdiction, um, but you could be living in a in a Monero. Society, right? In this day and age, uh, right. the ability to, to, you know, create your own economy around you among the Monero accepting people. Well, yeah. And admittedly, that's one of the things that we are planning on and working towards is being able to go in and buy our own island and extend or build up a new society there as well. Mm. Not just continue to stay in the U.S. 
Yeah, I mean, there's obviously been lots of attempts at that. I feel like there's more of those ramping up, right? Are there? Do you follow that closely? Uh, I get different things that pop up from time to time, kind of in my news feed and stuff that people tell me about. Uh, the only one that I really follow a lot is the uh, Liverland, mm-hmm. and also um, another group called the Dominion of Melchizedek, which. I understand vast majority of people have never heard of just like they've never heard of us either, which is fine. And the reason why I follow the Dominion of Melchizedek so close is number one, I know the, like I personally know the individuals involved with it and doing it, but also they've done the same thing that we have and they publish like everything. Their recognition, their official government communications with other countries, with other societies, they publish all of that for everybody. And so, of course, we follow that very closely because, obviously, we're doing essentially the same thing. Right, learning from it. Very cool. So, so are you also, you're, you're also trying to teach people how, how to do these things? Yeah. And, in fact, that's one of the things about me personally um, is I've written different law books going over international law and kind of explaining it in a easy to understand non-lawyer kind of language. Um, and that's kind of the education that we're trying to provide to people. Wow. Very cool. Um, so how'd you find your way to Monero? Uh, Monero story. Well, admittedly we've been following the cryptocurrency uh, technology and things for a while kind of ever since Bitcoin back in, what, 2017, I think, is when we first like started paying attention to it. And the issue that I've kind of had with Bitcoin and a lot of the other cryptocurrencies, though, is the open ledger. And coming from a background of law enforcement, I understand crystal clear exactly how law enforcement and government uses that to track people to kind of use it against people mm-hmm. and how it can be seized from people that are, you know, citizen subjects, however you want to phrase it. And so it's like, okay, there needs to be another option that is completely private. And that's how come when we came across Monero, we're like, yes, this, this is it. This is the solution. Very cool, man. That's, that's uh, promising to see that you, you made your way here using that logic. Have you been following uh, Balaji and his his attempts to pump Bitcoin to a million dollars in 90 days? Uh, The name doesn't, like, ring a bell right off. I know that there's a lot of people that pump Bitcoin pretty regularly. And honestly, like, for me personally, every time I see that, it makes me cringe because I'm just like, why? Why would you invest into Bitcoin and tell everybody, not just the government, but anybody and everybody, what you're doing, how you're spending your money or your Bitcoin, whatever. It's like if you don't care about your privacy, then sure, by all means, go at it. But let me take it to the extreme here. If that's the case and you have no problem with you know, people knowing what you're doing, who you're transacting with, whatever, then why not just put a camera in your house and display it to everybody? Oh, wait, because you may not want everybody knowing what you're doing all the time. Exactly. Yeah, people are asking uh, where to learn more about Freeport. Uh, so we have our website, which is freeport.town. 
Um, we've also got another website that's kind of just an archive at this point because we've switched away from that, and it was, uh, what is it, freeportgov.com. The freeportgov.com one may have more of, like, our original documents and stuff like that because we generally publish pretty much everything anyway because we believe in transparency. Um, but we also believe that people have the right of privacy. You know, that it's not the government's business, nor should it be, everything that people are doing. Right, so you try to balance the transparency of showing what you guys are up to and sacrificing your own privacy. In a way, yeah, but it's also because of the fact that I do come from a background in law enforcement, one of the big things is you give the government the control of something, they're never going to give that up. And that's one of the reasons why we're so strongly invested with Monero is because of the fact that we don't believe that governments should be the one controlling the currency. When governments do that, it takes freedom away from the people. Absolutely. What's what's how do you see things going down? What's your what's your prediction in terms of Monero adoption, crypto adoption? You know, I would love to see a lot more people adopt Monero and cryptos in general. But I think one of the biggest challenges that most people have is the FUD, the fear, uncertainty and doubt because of the different scams and things that have gone on in the crypto uh, community in general. But at the same time, I also see a lot of people losing faith and trust in the financial system as it is. And so it may be their only option going forward. Absolutely. So any, any chance uh, you get a, you get a, a passport issued by the state of Freeport to come down to Monerotopia in Mexico, Mexico City? <laughs> you know, we do have our own passports. Um, yeah. But Mexico, as of right now, has not really communicated with us at all. They've just kind of ignored us. <laughs> and so the chance of them accepting it just by us, like going to the border and showing up and being like, hey, we're here, we're coming into your country is kind of slim. Um, so the chances of us being able to go down there this year, I would say are non-existent. <laughs> It'd be pretty wild though, if you attempted to do that, something that we are communicating with the Mexican government about is being able to get them to accept our passport and, things like that. And this is kind of one of the things that we've ran into with a lot of uh, different nation states is they don't want to be the first one to officially recognize us and things like that unless we become a member of the United Nations. And we're not going to do that. Okay. Well, th this is fascinating. Uh, keep on keeping on, man. We'd love to get the update at some point. Um I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be in touch. Pop into uh, Venerotopia at some time. What, what, what are kind of your next steps for, grow for growing your movement here? Well, the thing that we're focusing on right now is, of course, we're putting together a social contract uh, for people that want to come on board and join us. But also we're getting money together to buy the property in Nevada and actually start going and building things. 
Very cool, man. All right, we will we will leave it at that because we have we still have a long show ahead. We got the news report, Freeport. Thank you, appreciate it. Privacy Dad, thanks again. Actually, stick around if you can. We're gonna do the news. We got Tony. Thanks, man. Thanks for jumping on today. Thank you guys. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Cheers. The Monerotopia Weekly News segment is sponsored by IVPN. Use a VPN to help prevent your online activity from becoming a permanent record. IVPN encrypts your data and DNS requests so your ISP or mobile network provider cannot monitor or log your online activity. Purchase an IVPN service today anonymously with Monero. I know, I know. Cody! How's it going? Hey, guys. How's everything? <laughs> Good. How are you guys? I missed you guys. I know it's been a while. Tony, we were, you. were you taking notes? You're going to start your own country. We, we need we need a Tony Tony Topia. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to take time, you know, to develop it. So stay tuned, guys. So give me, um, <laughs> you know, I'd be, I'd come be on, a, Topia. I'm going to solidify and <laughs> Tony Topia. <laughs> How's it go, cool. man? Good. I got a new work schedule, so now I can okay. really do Saturdays. But I think it should change soon, so then maybe I'll be able to. But I'm I'm not sure. You're not sure. Right, well, uh, well yeah. we're missing you, but don't worry. So we, we benefited from moving it to Friday. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, do you yeah. want to share your screen? Take it yes. away. I don't yeah. Okay, perfect. The mirror looks good behind. Yes. <laughs> 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 it's set up. We made it work. <laughs> Like every day, I feel like it's just caving in. It's getting larger. And larger. Help me, Lord, help me, <laughs> help me, guys. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So, yep. Hey guys. Um, so let's get into the news report. The first thing that I want to discuss is Fluffy Pony and um, their recent, uh, well, not recent allegations, but um, someone posted that um, Fluffy Pony is allegedly helping uh, Interpol um, with. Uh, Tracy Monero and uh, James Edwards made um, a lengthy thread discussing um, the situation and uh, Fluffy Pony and the fact that in 2000, between 2009 and 2011 he worked for a company and um, there was some fraud going on. So, um, and then this is being associated with um, and some other things being associated with things. Yeah, this this guy came at him hard. Who Who is this James? I don't know. Fluffy was saying know. that James Edwards is a known scammer, so I'm curious what else or what he's what he do there. I didn't really do the research on him, but yeah, I mean, what this all boils down to is if Monero works as intended, if it's actually truly an open source project that's been vetted, right. we really shouldn't even be concerned if Fluffy Pony mm-hmm. were theoretically working with Interpol, right? Like, the, yes, this only works in that scenario, right? So. Uh, it's, it's FUD. I mean, um, Fluffy, Fluffy denied it, right? Very, uh, he put out right his own tweet thread saying, you know, he absolutely has not, uh, participated with helping Interpol in any way. But even if he did, right? Even if he literally works for them, even if he's been working for them this entire time, you know, even if he's been working for some other agents, government agency, uh, the way this, this technology works is that it's open source and vetted by the community and built out in the open. So nobody has an advantage compared to anybody else, right? Mm-hmm. If there's any back door, 
supposedly that that's that would have been vetted and and discovered. So yes. it's, I mean, obviously he has more knowledge than ninety nine point nine nine percent of all society in the topic of Monero, and mm-hmm. it certainly makes sense to consult with him if you were trying to track and trace transactions, and mm-hmm. that would that would make sense. But to to right. suggest that he had I don't know he has some kind of like 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 key right some backdoor key I think is uh, it has it has nothing to do with whether or not uh, Interpol tried to get him right if there's, right. If there's a backdoor key then that's that's a bigger issue right we we should have been yeah. it should have been discovered and what he did in 2009 2011 is not really related to what's happening now so he's not being charged for something that he's done with Monero and um, so he made a thread and we he said at no point I have ever met. Have I ever met with and or helped a law enforcement agency or a government or an individual or government agency or a company or anyone to trace Monero? And um, he said that I remain willing to and excited to point any requester in the direction of uh, resources like the Breaking Monero series published by the Monero community and researchers because I can do nothing beyond that. And he doesn't even have access to Monero's code base uh you know, GitHub repo, website, Twitter account, DNS record, you know, donated funds or anything at all. So he can't even. Right. That would be the only thing that would be concerning, right? If he still had this, this higher, higher access, well, not this higher, but this, this access to, to commit, right? I mean, um, and given, given these rumors, right? It just wouldn't, wouldn't make sense to have him mm-hmm. in position. Uh, like, like we're saying here, it ultimately doesn't matter. Right. We, you know, we, we need to assume, we need to assume that, that he is working for Interpol, right? That's, that, that's the assumption that needs to be made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that Monero, the Monero ecosystem thrives, would thrive even in light of that. And it's interesting that at his insistence, um, access to things like Monero's code base will never be restored. And this is never. So he's just never going to have access to the code base ever again. Um, so yeah, he, you know, you can do your own research if you don't believe him, but you know, according to him. Yeah, but that, like we said, that shouldn't that shouldn't ultimately matter, right? Like, right, it doesn't matter. You know, right. anybody else can come along and and offer to to help assisting with developing Monero, right? And they right. could very well be a, a three letter agency that's asking, you know, hey, we we got some great ideas, you know, we want you maybe you should uh, should add this to your next hard fork. It's going to make it more private and whatever, and maybe it may, maybe you know, but the idea is that would get vetted, right? And the, the rest mm-hmm. of the community. Would, would decide if it, if it's good tech or if it's tech that's going to ultimately hurt the uh, the nature of the utility that we're trying to build. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, like a truly decentralized project, um, it doesn't matter if one person is replaced. So whatever happens to Fluffy Pony in the end will not affect uh, Monero. So that's one important uh, factor. Yeah, I feel bad wow. for, for him that he has to put up with this kind of nonsense. Yeah. I mean, he's done so much for Monero. He's there's these allegations against him, but you know, certainly innocent till proven guilty and uh, have a lot of respect for everything he's done for, for Monero, for sure. For sure. And uh, someone wrote, I'm not sure how I missed the story and how, you know, what we discussed. And then he tweeted, you miss it because it's nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, I miss Fluffy, man. The guy, he, he's he's so smart, so witty. He's He was a great, great spokesperson for, for Monero. For sure. And he's funny. He's funny too. Oh yeah, he's hilarious. He's Game funny. Personality. Yeah. All right. But now we discuss this situation. Let's talk about uh, CBDCs in Florida. So I'm gonna play a minute of uh, this video. Okay. 
has been introduced in the Florida legislature, and if they were to pass a bill, I would veto that bill. Uh, however, given the risks associated with the federally sanctioned centralized bank of digital currency, uh, today uh, I'm here to call on the legislature to pass legislation to expressly forbid the use of CBDC as money within Florida's uniform commercial code. This will ensure that Florida continues to be a state that supports innovation in the financial sector through the market uh, while protecting against government surveillance over your personal finances. But our legislation shouldn't stop there. Given the continued increase in Chinese influence in worldwide affairs and increase in plans to adopt CBDC worldwide, our legislation also prohibits any CBDC issued by a foreign reserve or government-sanctioned central bank. This will ensure that any effort to adopt a worldwide digital currency will never occur in the free state of Florida. And finally, I'm calling on like-minded states. Uh, so, um, DeSantis is the mayor of uh, Florida, and he's against uh, CBDC. Governor, yeah. Uh, which is amazing. So, Florida is actually you know, a good state to be in uh, from the whole country. Um with the center. So that's, that's interesting. And that's really good to hear that he's taking a stance against CBDCs and, um, things of this nature. Um, yeah. I mean, we don't know, you know, is he just posturing? Is, is he controlled opposition? Right. That's like right. the, uh, theory. Right. Uh, and then they'll be like, ah, he'll eventually be like, ah, cave and be like, well, I guess if we need to do the CB, you know, he'll, he'll, yeah. he'll have, have a false debate. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't, who knows? Who knows? I don't think that's the case though. I think he's uh he's a freedom loving individual and he he's yeah. he's opposed to the country moving in this direction. So it's it's mm-hmm. promising because a step in that direction is a step in the, the direction of Monero, right? I For mean sure. basically everything he's saying, uh, his ideals uh, in, in in these terms, right? I'm not talking about other politics, but into the way he's talking about money, uh, mm-hmm. he's basically he sounds like a like a Monero guy. Right. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He does. Uh, that that's that's promising for sure. But I wonder like how a person like him is still in his position because you'd guess, you know, I, and I, you know, I hope he's genuine in his actions. But you know, I wonder how he's still in that position after all the things he's talking about. You know, he's because he's anti CBDC during COVID. You know, he didn't really shut down Florida. So I'm I'm curious as how you know he's still in that position because you would guess that they'll try to get rid of him. You know like this you know oh yeah Yeah. well i mean uh florida is just filled with liberty loving people man so the democracy is is working in florida yeah (laughs) this this guy this guy's feeding into you know the the, his people there and i mean you live in florida you 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 know right you know much better than i do uh yeah yeah pretty is in the air just compared to places like new york so yeah, I mean, he's, and he's going to be running for, for pre, like who knows? He might be the nominated presidential candidate for the Republican Party. So that would be right. That's exciting, right? That the yeah, the yeah. potential nominee and you know uh, potential winner, right? The potential next president of the United States is out here, to, you know, speaking out strongly against CBDCs. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, what his true intentions are, what that actually means. You know, are they going to still slip it, slip it through in some other way? Right? We had, we had the Fed now that launched whatever a week ago. Like, yeah, yeah. At yeah. not the beginning of a, essentially a CBDC. It's not a, it's not a blockchain based technology. So it's not CBDC in, in that, in that respect. 
But does that ultimately evolve into what a CBDC is, right? A ledger that the Fed controls that everybody then uses directly. Like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Like, like he's out here being against CBDCs, but I don't, I didn't really listen to the whole thing. Does he talk about Fed now? Probably not, right? I mean, and that just happened, right? Yeah. He's out there talking out against that and saying that, you know, it's, so it's, there's a lot of that going on too, right? They might try mm-hmm. to slip it in by another name. It may not come in the form of a CBDC. It may come in the form of Fed now. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They got, they got me to get those CBDCs. Meanwhile, everybody's linked directly with, with, you know, you have your, essentially have your FedNow wallet, right? Like, who knows? But exciting yeah. to see. Yep. And some are all in the comments on YouTube. Uh, imagine Florida being, becomes the first state to recognize Monero as an official currency. That'll be interesting. <laughs> it's on track, right? It's on track. It's, it's definitely far ahead of any other state in those terms. Way, right. way, way ahead of New York. You can't even purchase Monero in New York on a centralized exchange with KYC. There's no exchanges that offer Monero for sale uh, with fiat. Right. Insane. It's, it is insane. And uh, the reason why we don't like CBDC um, is written in this article. So essentially, you are going to be forced to spend money or forced to save money. Um, you know, they, they're going to um, essentially... I'll be able to change the interest rates really easily to um, infiltrate negative interest rates if they want to. So CBDCs will create a dystopian nightmare, um, essentially. And this is what this, this article discussed. Um, and I talked about how during the financial crisis of 2007, 2008, people, that's when people started to lose trust in traditional finance institutions. And that's where they turned towards crypto. You know, in the beginning was Bitcoin. Now people are starting to discover Monero. Um, but the thing is with CBDCs that they will be fully traceable and that central banks will be able to surveil and control financial transactions. They'll be able to tell you how much you can spend in a single day, which is all things that nobody, I think, really wants. And this is all in the name of AML, of, um, you know, regulating uh, crime and terrorism. But of course, it's used to really um, control humanity. And um, now let's talk about Nigeria. So Nigeria, of Inaira, a couple months ago, their CBDC had a 0.5% usage overall because nobody wanted to use it. Now they introduced, oh, they just um, took away a lot of cash in Nigeria. So that now there's a cash shortage and the usage of the Inaira is up to 63%. There you go. 0.5 to 63%. That's what we're talking about, right? That's what we were, well, that, that was the comments we were making back then, right? Is there, we'll figure out how to push people into it. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's always so interesting to talk about CBDCs and countries because we talked about this a couple of months ago and I was thinking where this is going to lead. And then we talked about how, you know, they're probably going to introduce a cash shortage. Mm-hmm. This, <laughs> they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> textbook. Yeah. yeah. So, but that, that's how, that's what they're it, going to do. It is very exciting to see, though, right? We Like we said, we have DeSantis out there, right? Like, this guy is potentially going to be the president of the United States. It's not, right. not that far-fetched. And he's out there speaking out against CBDCs. And we have this great awareness globally. There's this awareness of CBDCs and people being opposed to it. Yeah. Like you said, you know, they'll figure out if they need – they'll figure out ways to do it. But the, I think it is um, – exciting to see that there we there is this opposition right and it's and it's building um and that 
gets people closer to Monero, to realizing the importance of Monero, right? Because you're like, if you're, if you're concerned about CBDCs, it's because you don't want the government to control how you use your money, right? You don't want them to exactly. surveil it, right? That's what, that's what people are realizing. And so once you have that realization, then you have to, then, then your next step is looking around for the thing that will prevent that. Right. Mm-hmm. If not, if CBDs don't. So like, what are you doing? Oh, well, I'm just going to you, you realize, wait a minute. Even when I'm using the traditional credit, forget CBDCs. Yeah. Yeah. We're like kind of already on a CBDC. We're all using yeah. credit cards and Venmo and it's all tied into, you know, uh, it's a, cor- a couple of corporations that are colluding, that are giving the all the information to governments. Wait a minute. And then yeah. you're like, all right, well, what could I move into? I can move into Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. And and then the next realization is, wait a minute, it's a completely transparent ledger, right? So, right, it's the masses. It does it does feel like people's eyes are really opening up to these concepts of mm-hmm. being, you know, realizing that they're being mass surveilled and are concerned about that they'll be mass surveilled in terms of how they use their money, even though they already are, right? But CBDCs is even more obvious because it's potentially programmable, or not potentially, it is programmable. Um, But hey, you know, that's what, like Bitcoin, it's not programmable per se, but if you can figure out everybody that's using it and track and trace them thereafter, it could effectively become programmable when you go to make your, your purchase and you're trying to buy your, you know, your quota of meat and you're getting denied because, you know, every, every, you know, e-commerce system has built into it, uh, you know, uh, something that's looking at where transactions are coming from and like, wait a minute, this guy already met, we're checking the Bitcoin ledger. Uh, looks like Doug Tuman already met his quota of, you know, beef, right? Like that, did they program Bitcoin? No, but they attacked, you know, they basically used Bitcoin's shortcoming, which is its transparent ledger, to effectively have that same effect. Mm-hmm. So I think people will will come to this realization. For sure. And we've, we've already had the uh, CBDC in the past, like during communism. And, you know, we had it in Romania. You would have tickets. And then you had to write, uh, what's your um, address? Where did you buy the meat from? How much meat did you buy more than? And you had to write the specific amount, like how many grams or how many uh pounds, kilograms, you know, right. Had this before. And now we've got credit cards, which is, you know, now you can buy as much meat as you want pretty much. I mean, some stores say, you know, just buy like two packs and then you can just go back in the parking lot and go back in and buy two more. Mm -hmm. Um, but soon it's going to be really way worse. And like Doug said, you know, you'll be able to only buy so much. And if you try to buy more, they'll know and you'll be declined. So right. Your, your, your carbon footprint will be attached to your your Bitcoin wallet, right? Exactly. And it, it sounds great. You know, this is for the environment. This is for criminals. But at the end of the day, they're doing all these things and you're left, you're left with a transparent house where they can see what you do in your own house. So, um, but now let's talk about um, Ethereum to Monero swaps and the fact that um, the beta for the mainnet is... Um, coming soon, which is really exciting. So we have uh, Bitcoin to Monero. Now we have, we're going to have Ethereum to uh, Monero. So it's always important in case you can't get uh, Monero, like you, like in New York, for example, you can buy Bitcoin, you can buy Ethereum, and then you can just swap it into Monero, which is very important for the ecosystem and to make sure that you're always going to be able to, to get Monero. So this is huge. And, um, 
it's really good news. Yeah, yeah, super, super big news, and that's uh, yeah. you know Elizabeth Ethereum, and she'll, she's going to be at Monerotopia. Yes, she is. Yeah, it sounds awesome. like she's right on track for releasing, uh, you know, the the main net during yeah. Monerotopia, right? She said like a month away, like a little. Right? So we're right there, a few weeks away. That yeah, be, she might do it on stage. That'd be awesome. Yeah, last year she did it on stage, but she yeah. she she just tested something on stage. So yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. But this year we're gonna have hopefully the actual, you know. Release that release, be yeah, that'll be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be really cool. Um, so now we talked about Fluffy Pony and Monero, we talked about uh, DeSantis and his stance on CBDCs, and we talked about CBDCs. But now you probably want to meet up with uh, people that are into Monero or that are into um, liberty loving principles, so you can actually go to Chicago. <laughs> and join the meetup of uh, Vic and uh, Justin. They've become the organizers of the Monero meetup um, uh, group, which is really cool. So you can check out the link. And they have food and drinks provided by Kick Wallet, <laughs> which is uh, very sweet. And now for a follow-along exercise, do it uh, alongside me. So you're going to type monerotopia.com. Beautiful. Now you're going to see buy ticket. Do as I do now. you got to click on buy ticket. Now we're going to go up. You're going to click on buy GA tickets. Beautiful. Now, in the same time, one, two, three, four, add to cart. Nice. Okay. Um, view cart. And then you put in Tony. <laughs> you know, so, someone did use Tony yeah, like, we've, yesterday. Yeah, we've had a few Tonys. Oh, that's awesome. You got to get 10% <laughs> off your ticket. It's the best so, discount code by far. Yeah. No, no reason <laughs> I know. But yeah, I got it the other day. I was... We gave you. A <laughs> oh wait, we added. Do you proceed the checkout for a sec? Okay. okay. So obviously we have the Monero gateway. We prefer that use that to make your purchase. We have now payments if you want to pay in some other crypto, and that will automatically send it to oh. us in Monero. But we added, we added. Well, cash a door, right? So that they're they're in order of preference, right? Um. So if you're somebody that just wants to pay, we'll we'll figure that out with you. That's fine. You can do that. Uh. But we also reluctantly added a credit card, but I don't want to, you know, I don't, there's a lot of noobs out there, man, that don't have any crypto, right? Yeah. You have any crypto. So I don't want to prevent them because cash a door, it won't work for the, we added a virtual ticket option, right? So cash a door would have worked even if you wanted to come down general admission, but we added the credit card. If there's somebody that wants to buy a virtual conference ticket and is a complete noob and doesn't have crypto. So that's cool. So they Awesome. So now you can spend your Monero, you can spend other cryptos, you can do cash at door, which a lot of conferences don't I'll even do. I'll hang out with Tony. And then you get 10%, 10 off of all these options with uh, code Tony. <laughs> yeah, we reluctantly had the credit card, but yeah, especially yeah. if we're trying to push the virtual ticket. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't even have, really have. All right, cool, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, this concludes this week's news section. The links will be in the description if you want to look more into uh, Fluffy Pony situation, DeSantis, and all these links. And as always, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers, Thank guys. You, Tony. See you next week, or Bye. we'll talk next week. Bye. 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 All right. Okay. So, I guess we will. Oh. We still have privacy data up there. And... I believe so. Probably still, yeah, here. still here. Still here. <laughs> so, any comments on on the news? Anything particular stuck out to you? Uh, no, that's that's very 
specific stuff. I don't have a strong opinion. What's your take on CBDCs? Have you been? Yeah, that I no, that's that's a good point. I I don't I don't like that idea at all. I, I understand why that's a problem. Do you think it could, like I was saying, potentially be an eye opener for people? Towards Monero, right? So, would have, if they're having no. this realization that CBDCs are bad, could it? I don't know. I I think uh, people go for convenience. They definitely do. They definitely yeah. do. But I'm right. But can, CBDCs is potentially more convenient than anything we've ever had. Yeah, yet, that's why I think. It, yeah, we're seeing a backlash. Is what I'm saying. Well, how would a normal user see the backlash? How would a normal user see like a a, a person who doesn't uh, listen to shows like this? Oh, because you have DeSantis that just gave a speech on how he's uh, opposed to CBDCs, right? So I'm saying it's entering the mainstream. This, this oh, the idea. discussion of it, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that, that's big. You know, he's he's potentially uh, going to be the presidential candidate. He could, he, yeah. he could win office, and here he is. He's out here talking against CBDCs. So I'm just, you know, if he's if he's saying these things, it's because he thinks it's going to help him, right? Right? He thinks that. Yeah. This is the ideas that others will agree with, right? That the that the masses will potentially agree with. So that's what I was saying. In that sense, does that then maybe get us closer to the masses realizing the importance of it? Maybe. Maybe, maybe there's maybe a few three, skeptical but. comments in the in the chat. I see about that. What do you say? What are they saying? Well, that once you get into power, you join the flock. Again. Oh, you mean in terms of DeSantis? Yeah, that that people say things, but. Maybe aren't able to execute. Them. They oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm saying even ignoring that, right? He's saying these things because obviously he thinks it's good for polling, right? He thinks it's yeah, yeah. So if that if that means that he thinks that there is this zeitgeist out there of people being concerned about this, and I'm just saying if that's out there, maybe that also means they'll start to think about these larger ideas. Yeah, but maybe I'm just extrapolating too far. I I don't know a lot of people that um, know about them. To be honest, CBDCs. Yeah, well, uh, it's it's if DeSantis is out there talking about it, I think people are waking up. Obviously, we're still yeah. very early, but it, that's promising. I I never would have guessed that one of the you know presidential candidates up and coming would start. You know, that would be part of their platform. Yeah, that's a good development. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. We uh, I think we'll close it out, right? Yeah. We'll go eat dinner. We're running on fumes <laughs> right now. Thank you so much, Privacy Dad. Yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Cool. Thank uh, you for joining us last thank night. Thank you to everybody else that helped us out today, that jumped on the show. Thank you, Baldy. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Degoon. Thank you, Freeport, for also being a guest, a special guest as well. And we will see you next week, probably back at our regular scheduled 11 a.m. Eastern time on Unless Saturdays. Unless we have something going on. We're we just kidding. Know. Yeah, we never know. As of right now, I think it's that, guys. <laughs> All right, cheers. Yeah, we're, we're not going to jump into the spaces today. There's only a few people in there. What's up, people in the spaces? Sorry, we're, we're not going to do the uh, Q&A in spaces next time. Next time, we will do that. All righty. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you so much, Privacy Dad. We'll talk See you. Soon. Thank you, Bryce. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay. Chill right now. Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.